Well, it's been a couple of months, but we're back. We're hi. We're <laughs> uh, welcome to this week in film. It's uh, welcome to this year in film. Ooh. Oh wow! The biannual podcast <laughs> where, we, <laughs> where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen. Uh, I'm Nick Pronto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Hi, everybody. Via the tele- cellular telephone. How's it going, Matt? It's going all right. How are you, Nick? It's really been a long time. I think the last time we got together was when we did their commentary track for Twister. Yeah, that really uh, blew us away. I get it. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's been a while since I've seen any movies, uh, but this week we were both able to see the latest Marvel movie, Black Panther. Yeah. What did you think of Black Panther? Uh, all together, I thought it was really good. Um, I I don't think it was perfect, but I, I walked away really happy. As far as the Marvel movies go, I feel like it was the the smartest in terms of uh, conflict and, and character. You know, the, the the villain in it and the main character and the balance of a lot of other characters, all female characters, really were strong. Yeah, they all had good motives. They all had good motives, and they all had something to do. Yeah, and when they didn't have something to do, that wasn't forced. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's kind of a kind of a slow burn. You know, it wasn't a you know cut from one action scene to another action scene kind of thing. Um, but I found myself getting more engaged uh, continually throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that uh, the movie has a runtime of two hours and what, 15 minutes. And when the final battle starts, I didn't realize that it was the end of the movie. I thought it was the middle. So the movie kind of cruises, like flies by. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I know Marvel's not exactly known for its villains. Um, yeah, the villains are usually I, the weak point. Yeah, and I felt like with this... Um, Maybe if I think about it longer, I could come up with someone else. But I feel like this is probably my second favorite uh, comic movie villain after Heath Ledger's Joker. Wow, really? Because, yeah, because I found it. Uh, he needed some more screen time. That's that's probably my biggest complaint of the whole movie is that I I would have liked uh, the villain's character to have more time to talk. Um because when he did, I actually found myself going like, hey, you know, he's got some pretty legit points. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should just go into spoilers now. So if you oh. haven't seen the Black Panther yet, we're, we're about to ruin it for you. You've been warned. Um, I, I hated that he died. I hated the way that he died. I thought that was kind of lame. Like that he did die? That he or- did die, yeah. Like they did. They didn't even try to, like it was. It was as if he got stabbed by the sword, and then he was like, "Well, I guess I'm a kind of a good guy now." Yeah, I don't know. I I, I actually had. Uh, I kind of felt like he stuck to his guns in terms of saying, like, you know, I'm not going to be satisfied with things being different from the approach I have to to doing to making change, and then. When he says, you know, like, I'll die like all the slaves that jumped off the boat, I felt like that was actually a pretty good uh, 
kind of pretty pretty good like last line for a villain to have. Yeah, no, it was a great line. Um, uh, I don't like that he turned into Black Panther to fight Black Panther at the end. That, no. that falls into that Marvel Marvel trap of whoever I'm fighting is the same has the same superpowers. Like Iron Man fought a giant Iron Man, Ant Man fought another shrinking man, Black Panther fights another Black Panther. You know, it was, but the fight itself was pretty cool. Like it was fun to watch him go at it. But but yeah, like hey, what you said you- before, the um, th- their motives. Like the reason that they're doing everything is what propels the story along, which is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, at the end of the movie, there like some of the arcs aren't exactly one eighties. You know, it's not like oh, I went from being this person to to being completely the opposite, but kind of meeting in the middle where, um, you know, the main character says hey you know what maybe we shouldn't be so isolationist anymore but it's not like he's like let's go take over the world he's just like all right let's you know this everyone else has a point here let's get involved with other stuff and still do it in a sane way yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay good (laughs) glad we agree on yeah um did you, you know, you were just talking about um, that last fight, and I've heard from a couple other people kind of some complaints about how things actually looked. I felt like the action was really good. I really enjoyed it, um, and I felt like I was able to follow what was going on, um, you know, a lot better than some other Marvel movies and way better than anything that's edited like Transformers or something like that. Right. Um, but I've heard some complaints, and and I wondered – if that was actually that I had seen it in 3d. Um, did you see it in 3d? No, I saw it in just regular, regular 2d. I thought it looked, it looked good. Like some of the special effects, especially in that end fight where the rhinos start attacking looked Uh like you could definitely tell that it was, uh, that it wasn't real. Um, and there were, yeah, they there didn't were, actually train rhinoceroses to <laughs> fight people. Um, there are a few points in the movie where I could, where I would see something in the background, like you could tell that they were standing in front of a green screen, but mm. but it was never enough to take me out of the movie or like or like ruin the 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 viewing. Uh, it just kind of made me question what I was seeing a little more. Okay, because you know I did feel that way a couple times when they were on the uh, on the water platform. You know, on the side of the cliff, yeah, where they did the ritual thing, where they'd fight each other. Yeah, in those moments, I was like, "Well, is that a matte painting? What's going on in the back here?" Right. Yeah. Um, like, Hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but and and actually, that was pretty noticeable. But I, I felt like the action scenes were. I didn't feel like I got taken out at all. So. No, I thought the fights were all fun. Like, especially the fight where where T'Challa gets his ass kicked by. Uh, Killmonger, like I love that. Like it, that felt like the the next Rocky movie, which I'm excited about. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I, I've never seen anything with Michael B. Jordan in it. No, um, you know I haven't seen Creed. Uh, the most I've seen of him are clips uh, that are reviewing. What do you call it? Uh, fantastic, fan four stick. Four, fantastic four, four. Yeah, and. Uh, 
and you know I haven't seen that movie, but I've seen enough clips of it to to go like this is awful, and to have Michael B. Jordan associated with that, and so I was actually really excited that he was as good as he is in this movie. No, he's he he's a good actor. Movie. Um, mm-hmm. did you ever watch the show The Wire? No. You should check out The Wire. It's very good. Uh, but he's, I think, he's I, think like, I tried watching the first episode, but didn't get into it yet. Uh, he's a uh, he's in that, but he's like a kid. But you could tell that he's got he stands out more from the other kids. Nice. Um, and Creed is great. You should watch Creed. <laughs> well, someone made me watch all the other Rocky movies so in a day. I get around to it. I've heard great things about it. Yeah, no, Creed was awesome. Uh, the The sequel, they just announced pre-production on that. Creed 2, Rocky 8. <laughs> no, I heard that, that um, the, the director's not coming back for that one, though. Right, yeah, he's the one who, he's the one who directed Black Panther. Black, and here we are, full Ryan, circle. Uh, Ryan Coogler, I believe his name mm-hmm. is. Um, the guy has a vision uh, for film. Yep. Well, having only seen this one... I'm I'm willing to agree based on. I saw Creed. I didn't see Fruitvale Station, uh, which he directed, but uh, I heard great things. He's a young guy too. I heard he's he's like thirty, thirty-one. Yeah, I guess that's young. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds young to me. I I didn't accomplish any movies by my thirty-first year. No, me neither. Nor have I since. I've I've uh, done just as many. <laughs> Um, so I've heard a couple of people say, uh, that in terms of female characters, this movie's like what Wonder Woman should have been. Um, and I, you know, I loved Wonder Woman. Um, and I like the kind of innocence and stuff that you, she brings to that movie, mm-hmm. uh, that story and, and, and the development there. And this is a, a pretty interesting counterpart where these women are, really informed you know like they they get what the world's like um but i thought it was a great kind of counterpart to it you know to to have female figures who are given a lot of attention yeah where they're really active um i didn't think it took away from any other movies but i did think it was really exciting to see yeah no i thought they were great like the one lady who's like the head general Mm -hmm. um she was great, especially that one scene where uh, after Killmonger takes over and uh, the secret agent lady says, you're coming with us, right? And she goes, no, I serve the crown. Like whoever's whoever's sitting there is who I work for. Uh, and you can see how torn she is about what she has to do. And then the minute she sees that the that T'Challa is still alive, she's like, screw you, guy. I'm still on his team. <laughs> She's like, oh, thank God! Yeah, I can finally feel good about supporting the the throne, you know. And and I think that that was pretty cool. It, uh, I, I think the movie ends up being pretty topical, you know, having a lot of connections to to present day events and isolationism and stuff like that. But it kind of that sort of thing. I'm like, okay, if I'm working for like the FBI or CIA or something like that, you know what sort of positions people might be in when they see, uh, you know, politicians Uh that are in charge sucking (laughs) and, and needing to support them in some way. I I thought that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. I felt really excited for her 
as a character when she got to see that she could be less uh less torn yeah the um the, the current events things um were a little heavy-handed in the movie but not in a poor way there was one line that the black panther says when oh man i can't remember what he said but but i was like oh that this is this is specifically for trump this this mm-hmm. This is specifically being said because of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and it's it sucks that I can't remember what he was talking about right now, but uh, they were standing in a room when he was talking. Was that the uh, the mid end credit scene? Uh, no, this was Where during was the, given... this was during the beginning parts when he first gets home. Hmm. Like a where he oh it was it, I remember now great awesome it was when they started talking about it's when a country is going through a change in leadership that other countries will attack it like hmm. referring and I took that as referring to the Russian interference with the U.S. election mm-hmm. um and even if it's not a, a direct coup that's that's the time when a country or society is weakest is during a transitional period like that and I was like that's that's for Donald Trump to hear. Um, yeah i thought there were quite a few things that connected really well and some some were a little heavy-handed not so much that it did bother me though like the in the uh end credit scene where he's talking about you know building he doesn't say walls but boundaries building barriers yeah 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 and how they should build bridges instead um and it 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 was pretty you could say heavy-handed pretty pretty blunt but um but I still dug it. And given the conversations that the characters have throughout the movie, I think it still works with, as a movie, you know, like even though it's a little bit of like direct social commentary, it still works within the movie because that character has been in a position to be actively thinking about these things and questioning whether or not to open up to other countries or nations or whether to hunker down. So it doesn't seem like real out of place for him to say like anything that's sort of, um, uh, you know, like the sort of summary you might make where you'd say something sounds a little dramatic. Yeah. That's a very good point. Thank you. I'm nodding too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I thought... You did? Uh-oh. I think we're having an issue with Matt's telephone machine. Uh, hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, good. Okay. Um, you froze. Well, there were, there were a couple there. conversations in the movie that, that were kind of quick. You know, like the conversation when he's first talking about it with, with T'Challa. Yeah. With his friend, who the actor was the guy in Get Out. I wish I could remember anyone's name. But oh, that's who that guy was. Yeah. Um, and I didn't recognize They just had a real yeah. quick conversation by the rhinoceros pen <laughs> about yeah. whether or not they should take in, uh, 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 take in refugees. refugees or anything like yeah. that. And, and that was like, that happened kind of in fast forward. Yeah, it's just a real quick conversation, but but I still thought altogether it was a really well done kind of conversation throughout the movie. Yeah, it was definitely a good movie. Um, what uh, 
what else have you seen? It's been a long time since we did the show, and there's there's a lot of movies have come and gone. Did you see um, Did you see Thor Ragnarok? I saw Thor Ragnarok. Um, I think the last thing I saw before this was the Last Jedi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which um, I really enjoyed. I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I know you know this, but you know, for whatever listeners are listening and might have strong opinions about Star Wars, <laughs> I'll, you know, let it be known. I'm not exactly a Star Wars fan, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that there were a fair amount of like uh, plot points that kind of went to dead ends. But oh, that yeah. altogether, they for me kind of worked in terms of giving me the experience and the feeling like I don't exactly know what's going to happen. That was nice to to kind of feel because I, I felt like I was actually seeing a Star Wars movie, not knowing what's next. So I think that's as close as I could get to seeing maybe the original three movies the way other people did. Right. Yeah i uh, I enjoyed watching the movie, but. Uh, much like with Rogue One, I have a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is that the it seems like the director who also wrote the script took everything that was important about the first one, uh, as far as the the, the Force Awakens. Yeah. He took uh, many of the things that the Force Awakens sets up for future movies and just says, "We're not going to worry about that stuff. We're going to worry about this new stuff that I want to talk about." Mm-hmm. Like uh, the mystery of Ray's parents and and hey, spoiler alert for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Um, but we're, when uh, when he says, you know, your parents are nobodies. You know that, and I know that. And and so, like as a viewer, you're like, oh well, I guess I don't have to worry about them anymore. Or uh, the first one sets up who's the Snoke, the Emperor Snoke character. Who's this? Who's this big bad guy? Oh man, I can't wait to see him. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> see, I I really enjoyed kind of both of those things, especially the first one, especially that her parents are nobody. I think that might, you know, that could still change, you know, if JJ Abrams wants to go, "Oh, he was lying." That's that, that's possible. But I actually really like the idea that it's not this tiny little incestuous place where everybody's related to everybody and everyone has to be a Skywalker or something. It's like, no, you don't have to have this context and this sort of like, you know, how lots of movies have the uh, prophecies and stuff like that where, you know, you're determined and bound to be this way. It's more like, oh, you can become this and do this without having it be determined by the, you know, fates or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought it was kind of cool. And I thought it was given all of her interest in legend and mythos and stuff. I thought it was exciting to see her kind of smacked in the face with that, where it's like, Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I, I do. This is all on my shoulders. I'm not like destined to be something awesome. Uh, and and the disappointment. I mean, not that I'm just sitting there hoping terrible things for characters, but but to see her kind of get, get the disappointing news that like, no, you're you're not connected to someone important. I thought it was actually kind of neat. Mm, yeah, I don't. I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what else was it? Oh, and then I also didn't like that many of the main characters didn't have anything to do all movie. Like Poe Dameron had nothing to do, and they just kept force feeding us that the Laura Linney, uh, Laura Dern, Laura Dern, uh, space battle where where the where the rebellion is slowly getting uh re- reduced to like one or two people who are going to be yeah. the only people left to fight the rebellion. Sorry, somebody walked through the room. I was very distracted while trying to say that. Like the uh, rebellion is like one ship now. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine that they'll still get some sort of like responses from other people somehow. Um, but I, I, my biggest problem with that, and, and it did kind of irk me, was that she didn't just tell Poe, like, hey, man, calm your tits. We have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> just, like, yeah. tell them what's going on. Yeah, it's like, like, at a certain point, you got to trust the people that work for you to be like, listen... Well, We've got a plan, like you just said, exactly. Everything you just said. Well, and he wasn't so low on the totem pole that it would make no sense for her to go like, hey, you know what? I'll let you know what's going on. You're kind of important. Instead, it was just like, stay in your place. And then kind of behind the scenes being like, by the way, he's pretty cool. I like him. We're just going to keep him out of the loop for no reason. Um... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I guess you could tell. I guess you could tell we're a little rusty at doing the show. <laughs> so, well, what other kind of things um, did you. I, I know there are probably a handful of things you didn't really enjoy. Um, and, you know, I'd want to know those. But, like, what, what did you actually get to enjoy as a, you know, even as a, as a fan who did want to see things play out? What parts excited you or oh, fun with visually the movie was was amazing like it looked True. fantastic like just like rogue one rogue one looks looks amazing and if you just take it as like uh like if you don't pay attention to the broader story points and just watch it as like things are going to explode it's mm-hmm. it's great um the same thing with this one like for instance the the end fight with with luke and kylo ren uh I thought that was so cool until you found out that Luke wasn't really there. <laughs> um, you know, like vi- visually the movie was just terrific. I, I, I loved looking at it. Yeah. How'd you like the, uh, the scene where they are in Snoke's office and they're fighting all those red, whatever they are, Imperial guard or, uh, I thought again, I thought that looked cool too. Yeah. Like the movie looks cool, but there was very little substance behind a lot of it, which is which is not a terrible thing. Like it's still better than any of the prequels, um, which is what I have to compare everything to. But is it a story that I want to watch again? Not really. Like I don't really want to see it again. No. No. Whereas with the Force Awakens, I've seen that a bunch of times. Hmm. Like, is that- I saw that a second time before going to see The Last Jedi. Um, I feel like I do want to see The Last Jedi again, but I, but I don't think I can have quite the same experience because I do, you know, now that I've seen it, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but well, and, and as I was watching it, I, I kind of went back and forth on some things because I did have some complaints where I'm like, oh, you know, like 
uh, Luke Skywalker. Sorry, took me a while to place the name. Most people probably <laughs> have it right on the tip of their tongue. Uh, <laughs> that Sky guy. Luke Walker. Yeah, that guy. Um, he was kind of a whiny bitch. And, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's what I didn't like about Star Wars to begin with, is that he's always a whiny bitch. So it kind of works. Okay. <laughs> now he's just an old, grizzled, whiny bitch. Um, but then, you know, he's kind of given some thought to things. And, and I actually felt like by the end of it, I felt like where he was and even the the kind of quick character arc changes that go on throughout the movie specifically towards the end of it. I'm like, okay, that actually works for me. I feel like he's kind of how he might be. And then he gets a little perspective and goes, all right, maybe, maybe there is something to take a second look at here and some hope to have. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, That worked for me, but uh, how about you? uh, A lot of the Luke stuff I didn't like, Uh, for instance, like when Ray shows up and hands him his lightsaber, he just throws it away as if it was meaningless to him, which is which is what I take for like a lot of the movie is that the director, was it Ryan Johnson? Is he the director? Uh, he got handed this movie and he goes, no, I don't want this. We're going to do things my way. Um, I also didn't like that the the reveal of like how Kylo Ren became Kylo Ren was because one night Luke Skywalker almost murdered a child. Do you, do you think that that's, I guess I didn't feel like that was the case. Like I, I felt like he was kind of teetering on the edge and I guess it's more implicit or like reading between the lines, but it felt for me like he is supposed to have been teetering on the edge and really close to, to going to the dark side. And Luke got really, scared and then at that point like maybe luke actually was the thing that was keeping him just just enough teetering on that edge to stop him from going over and then when he kind of saw like oh well here's how the here's how the jedi are actually going to take care of me this guy's getting ready to take me out just kind of tipping the scales yeah i don't know didn't feel that way for you no it just felt like it just felt like there should have been more to it than just that one night for both of them. Hmm. You know, like there should have been a buildup. And also I didn't care for the flashback. Star Wars doesn't have flashbacks. Hmm. And this, this movie had a flashback. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess that's out of character for the Star Wars movies. I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember the original three having midichlorians, but those came up at some point. They, we, don't, we don't need to talk about that. Though. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, well, how about how about Yoda? Yoda, I thought that was a neat little little thing. Like, oh look, Yoda's here. Fun. Uh, I imagine they wanted to put Obi Wan there, but they would have to make a cartoon version of him, like they did for uh, what's his Rogue name, One. Rogue One, General mm-hmm. Tarkin. And they didn't want to yeah. make a cartoon Obi-Wan for five seconds. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked the, the conversation, kind of the ongoing conversation throughout the movie about the Force and, and where Yoda came into it and kind of put a little more perspective on like a, a less 
uh, idealized view of it. Like it's just this amazing, great thing. It's like a good or bad black and white kind of thing. Um, and kind of loosened up from all that. And, and I don't know. I, I, I felt like, I felt like this movie took a more nuanced look or like, kind of like, let's take this conversation about the force to the next level where we're, not just making it about being good or bad, but what are we doing with it overall? And I, I don't know if that's how it reads to, to anyone else, but hmm. or, or to fans. Um, but I, but I do feel like if you're looking for like a good versus bad movie, this m- movie isn't it. No, you're you're absolutely right about that, and I think that's might that might be what I'm looking for with a Star Wars movie is hmm. is here's a very Here's a very clear line between who are the good guys and here are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And our main bad guy keeps pretending that he's good to do bad things. <laughs> like he he want like he genuinely wants to help Ray, but he wants her to be part of the dark side. I don't I don't know. He's, well, see even his character, I feel like he's kind of like kind of like yoda in a way he's like you know forget about the the good side and the bad side forget about dark and light but instead he's like yeah let's rule it and make it whatever together make it our way versus like the dark side or the light side and and she's kind of like well wait no that's no (laughs) like that's not a good idea either um so i i don't see like i really enjoy that that kind of ambiguity and and maybe actually just seeing star wars get into that a bit because i feel like it has been so well you know black what? and white that you, watching it kind of clash is is really interesting i think something like that would work if there was a chance that ray would turn to the dark side but as like as a viewer watching the movie you know that she isn't going to become the bad guy or join forces with the bad guy yeah, I think that's true. Like, like I, I don't had, think I ever questioned if she would go to the dark side. Because that when uh, Return of the Jedi first came out in theaters, there was a real, there was a real big rumor that Luke was going to turn to the dark side, because in all the promotional stuff, he was always wearing black. Um, and yeah. I I would love to watch a Star Wars movie thinking, um, oh man, imagine if Luke does turn to the dark side. You know, it's like. It's like uh, with with Black Panther. Um, you know that Black Panther's not gonna die in the Black Panther movie, especially because he's already in the advertisements for <laughs> in the Infinity War. War movie. You know, so I mean, it's about the reason that Black Panther worked isn't because you're like worried or whether or not he was gonna die. You know, he's gonna live and he's gonna win, but yeah. it's about how how he wins and how he survives. Even if, even if he does like die for twenty minutes in the movie, he's never gone, and you know that he's going to come back. It's yeah. the same thing with a Star Wars movie. We, we want to see the characters. Um, we want to see what they're going to do, not so much do against type. See, and I, and I guess like maybe because I am, I I enjoy the. Um Oh, for God's sake, now I can't even remember his name. Kylo Ren? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like him so much, I can't even remember his name. Um, 
because I find him to be the more interesting person, the most interesting character of the last two movies, um, that I'm kind of looking at things at, at, from his perspective a bit more. And, and, and I didn't question whether or not Ray would go dark, but I am interested in seeing, you know, how he might go and watching him kind of go back and forth. And I actually find that pretty compelling. And when it comes to Ray, I guess I'm, le- I'm, I'm questioning a lot less of whether or not she's going to go dark, but more of, is she going to be able to reach this guy? Kind of like, while I'm watching her try to reach him and try to save him, I'm getting a better understanding of what sort of struggle Luke Skywalker must have been going through when he was his teacher. Right. And I'm like, oh, you're so close to getting him, but you're not going to be able to do it. And then it falls apart. And she's like, oh, man. And I'm like, don't don't give up on him. And she's just like, I'm good now. And you're going to be and that's the end of it. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see what happens in the next movie. And I'm still interested. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot better. I'm just interested. <laughs> it's, I, I still want to know what's going to happen. I just want, I just want a star Wars movie to be everything I want it to be. Uh-huh. And the, all the new ones, the force awakens has come the closest to that, but it's still a, decent movie like don't get me wrong like it's not garbage or anything like that but it's mm-hmm. it's uh it definitely makes you think about stuff which is what you want a movie to do yeah. but as far as as far as like liking it there's like so much boring stuff in it like the whole casino planet was a waste of time the benicio del toro was a waste of time you know, it was just it was just filler because they didn't know what to do with with that character and his well, new girlfriend. <laughs> well, and now that now that you're reaching across the aisle, uh, <laughs> I will, I'll say the same thing. Um, I I actually think that whole thing could have been done better. I like it as a mission that's going to fail. You know, I like that there is a mission that fails and you can't just count on things to work and that a couple things are going wrong at the same time. Um, but I think that whole thing could have been done so much better because it was so, it was, I think it was so rushed that it ends up seeming even more, uh, unimportant and unnecessary. And I hate Rose or whatever her name is. Rosie Rosa. I I think Rose is right. Either way, I wanted her dead from right in the beginning. I'm just like, this chick is annoying. Yeah. And then when they get to that planet, it's it's so like, like Finn is in love with it immediately. And instead of having any sort of conversation that's got any depth or nuance to it, she's just like, it's bad. Look, slave kids and like gladiator type animal things and i'm like which are things that right, are great this, uh, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is pretty weak um and then they find the guy with the thing on his lapel and they're like oh we didn't get a chance to talk to him oh good here's another guy that can break us out and i'm like well that's convenient oh man i forgot completely about that guy yeah. they were there for a totally different guy Right. Well, and and at first I was like, oh, this must really be the guy. And for some reason, that other guy was wearing his 
wrote like flower button or whatever. Yeah. And uh, nope, it's just another guy who there's only one person that could break you out of here, except there happens to be this other one who happens to be in your cell. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm with you on the Benicio del Toro thing, which is a shame because I think Benicio del Toro is awesome. Yeah, I agree. I was when he first showed up, I was like, oh, kick ass Benicio del Toro. And then, oh, he's got nothing to do. Yeah, the whole Finn storyline was kind of weak in this one. It's like they wanted to do something with him, but they just didn't know what. So they just threw him to the wolves. Like, if, if I'm almost shocked that they didn't kill him off with the way that the director uh, handled all the other stuff he didn't care about. Yeah, I guess. Well, and that's funny because I'm like, I was kind of like, oh, I hope they do. <laughs> like as he was flying towards the can and I'm like, okay, this guy can go out, you know, doing something helpful. Yeah. And instead he gets stopped by idiot girl. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I stopped you because I love you. And I'm like, well, you're a selfish idiot. He was just about to save everybody. You dumb. Yeah. You've, jerk. you've doomed everyone now. Yeah, and then you fucking go unconscious and practically die yourself. So, and then of course they they're like dragging her back in, like, oh, she'll still live, and I'm like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> anyway, I, <laughs> so. yeah, and the rebellion is 15 people now. They have one giant ship, and Princess Leia, who they had a perfect a perfect excuse to like write her out. Yeah, they, yeah, I can understand that's sort of a touchy thing, but it, it, as far as the storyline goes, I feel like it would have been the, a just pretty sensible move to say she's gone. Yeah, and 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 then they don't have to worry about making a CGI version of her. Or anything right? Like that. Yeah, I mean that was or they had a perfect opportunity to just let her go. Yeah, and then she uses some superpower that she doesn't know how to control the <laughs> well didn't you know the force can make you fly well i mean she was just using the force in zero gravity yeah she didn't move herself she moved the ship well and uh and uh you know we've seen princess leia use the force so much too that of course <laughs> right, she's yeah. got it harnessed yeah <laughs> So yeah, I guess I take some issue with that too. It's a good thing Luke spent all that time with her, training, uh, training her in case she got stuck, sucked out in the outer space. <laughs> right. Um, did you did you see? I don't know if your Black Panther screening had the solo movie preview before it. Have you seen the preview for the solo? Yeah, that did nothing for me. I, I agree. About you? I, I agree. I was like, this looks boring yeah like this is the best you could come up with you've got like 40 seconds to sell me on a movie and the best 40 seconds you can come up with is woody harrelson's garbage putting together a crew yeah i I think one it shows just how great of an actor harrison ford is because when he slips into something you're like all right i'm on board with you harrison (laughs) that's exactly what i think um although i did see Somebody posted online uh, a version of the solo movie cut with uh, Beastie Boys Sabotage played over top of it, and uh-huh. it looks like a way better movie. 
Well, I think anything looks like a better movie if you put Sabotage over it. I'll send, um, I'll send you a link for it because you're going to be like, wow, this movie looks awesome. I'll check it out. Well, I, I feel like – now, I, I don't I don't uh, think I've even seen the original Star Wars movies more than like maybe once or twice um, and long ago. In a far, far away. Anyway, point being, um, Han Solo, he's not really all that boisterous. Like he, he's just kind of nonchalantly full of himself. And I feel like in that preview, it was like, oh, I'm going to be the best. Yeah. I'm so awesome. And I'm like, isn't Han Solo more like, I know I'm the best, so I'll just wink at you and shrug and yeah, awesome. pretty much. And also, he's not a good guy. He's he's like a he's a bad guy almost. He doesn't start doing the right thing until he meets Luke and Obi Wan. Doesn't he? He's just a smuggler, right? Yeah, he's just a smuggler who has some like crazy outstanding debts to gangsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, a, he's I'm gonna a, skip that movie. He's a cool guy, but he's not a good guy. And he's not walking around going like everybody, look at how cool I am. No, but he should be. <laughs> well, I guess that's what he's going to do in this movie. So. Um, I saw. Uh, did you see Dunkirk? I did. What did you think of Dunkirk? Um, I. Oh, I gotta think back here. Always, I saw it in the theater. Um, and I found it to be a pretty engaging experience. You know, and there were there were times where with the planes chasing each other that like I found myself leaning in the seat to try to like look around. Oh really? <laughs> like to see around things and to try to follow the plane better. Uh-huh. So, I would say it was it was pretty exciting in that way. Um it took me I know go ahead. Uh, it took me a while to figure out what was going on with the timeline of the movie. Oh, okay. Like at the beginning where it says 1 hour, 1 week, 1 day. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that means. And then about 20 minutes before the end of the movie, I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I get uh, it now. I have to watch you again. I've heard a lot of people say that, including like like um, you know uh, movie reviewers and stuff. Like I've heard a lot of folks say that it took them a little while to to figure out that's what was going on. Yeah, it didn't click um, at all with me. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that either you you kind of it just happens to be the way you're looking at it, uh-huh. or you don't. Yeah, and and it, and in that in that sense, it was great. It was awesome to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I liked almost everything about it, except for like the, the Tom Hardy story at the end where he just like can suddenly fly around forever with no fuel, <laughs> with no gas, <laughs> doing like tricks and shit. And then like, <laughs> instead of parachuting out, he kind of lands the lands. plane and then shoots it. I'm like, well, if the plane's going to crash anyway, Maybe you shouldn't give yourself up to German soldiers. He didn't just he, a he, use your invisible gas and just fly home. <laughs> yeah, he is flying so, around forever up there. No kidding. Um, yeah. So other than that, I, I actually I did really enjoy Dunkirk. Um, you mentioned Thor Ragnarok earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What's your take on that? I like Thor a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I kind of wish that it was weirder than it was. Like I wanted more weirdness. <laughs> well, I thought it was, it was pretty darn weird, but I guess that that was one of the flavors of it that made it yeah. a lot of fun. So wanting more, I can kind of understand. 
Um, uh, I thought it was I thought it was great. I I kind of want more of it. I'll agree with that. I, I actually I kind of walked out of that one going because I never really cared for Thor. Like the, I saw the first movie and didn't like it. I never bothered with the second one, and I just didn't really care. Kind of like the opposite of Iron Man, where I'm like, okay, when I saw the first Iron Man, I was like, okay, I'd be happy to see this guy on his own without you know any Avenger stuff. Uh-huh. And then and then Iron Man two came out, and I said, well, the hell with that. <laughs> but but Thor's kind of gone in the opposite direction, where I'm like, hey, if they just kept making Thor movies, and they were kind of like this. I'd enjoy them. There wasn't a lot in terms of story payoff, but in terms of just fun and entertainment, I was like, yeah, I'm having a good time here. Yeah. It's a good popcorn movie. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. It was funny. I thought the Hulk was used perfectly. Uh, you know, just thumbs up all around. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a, not a movie that's going to make you think. <laughs> you right, know, yeah. not... Not something real thought provoking, but but fun and um, like I kind of walked out of it, kind of replaying some of the scenes in my head, and it was just I guess a lot of collections of just scenes kind of thrown together. But yeah, they're all pretty fun. They're all fun and they all work together, and that's all that's all a movie like that needs to be. It doesn't have to be. Uh, not everything needs to be the Dark Knight. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if if they if the next one is similar, but they manage to to have a more engaging kind of villain. Um, you know, I thought Kate Blanchett looked uh, looked good. I thought she was kind of, I mean, she's a great actress, so I thought she was fine. But I I didn't feel like the the villain side of things really moved that forward a whole lot. So if they yeah. if they can tighten that up, that'd be awesome too. But if it were a very similar experience. I'd be happy to go do it again. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then finally, did you see Blade Runner 2049? No, and I've never seen the original either. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't. we won't get into it too much. Uh, the new Blade Runner is a visual feast. Yeah. It's gorgeous to look at, but the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I know what I'm watching is good, but I don't understand any of this. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy the pretty pictures. Okay. I guess you wouldn't be able to tell me then whether or not you need to see the original in order to enjoy it. You probably don't need to see the original, but you should still, you should still watch it. It's a good movie. It's just really boring. Like you gotta be, you gotta be in the right mindset to watch it. Every time I try to watch it, I fall asleep. That is not the most ringing endorsement. I know. (laughs) I know. I remember trying to watch it once. My my mom and I actually sat down when I was probably like 18 or so, and we sat down to watch it. And maybe like 20 minutes in, we were like, "This this isn't doing anything for me." Yeah, <laughs> turn it off. It's really slow. Like I've only been able to sit through the whole thing one time. It's kind of like um, 2001: A Space Odyssey, where every time I've tried to watch that, it movie's so boring. But then there's like this one time where I was in the right zone for it. I was like, this movie is amazing. I have had the desire to be in that zone. <laughs> That's as close as I've come to watching 2001. <laughs> I've listened to reviews of it and they've been really intriguing. Um, but sitting down to actually watch the movie, I've just been like, man, I wish I felt like doing that sometime. Yeah, 
It's it's a, and I haven't. It's kind of a it was kind of a slog until until I saw it that one time and now I feel like I could watch it every day. Really? Yeah, like some you something. Try that out for a week. <sighs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to where it goes through all the crazy LSD parts. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up because you're off to see another movie. That's right. What are you going uh, to see? I will be going to see Annihilation. Well, then, um, next based week. Based on the first novel of the Southern Reach trilogy. Next week, we'll have to hear all about it. All right. Six months. <laughs> uh, next August in film. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to plug, Matt? Anything to. Uh, anything no, you want the really. people out there to look at? Nah, nothing. Nothing's coming to me right now. Uh, give me six months to think about it. All right, we'll get Make back to you then. Um, I also don't have anything to, to plug, so uh, you're you're welcome. Uh, I guess I guess that's gonna do it. Sorry it took us so long to get a new episode out, but uh, you know, life finds a way. Oh, well, there's something we can review. <laughs> Jurassic Park movie coming out in the summer. Yeah, next time you come back out here, we'll do a commentary on uh, the first Jurassic Park. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good time. And if you have a movie you want us to do a commentary on, let us know. We'll we'll figure it out. That sounds like a fun idea. We can do out. that this way too. Yeah. Like we could we could definitely watch a movie together over the phone. Yeah, that doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> uh yeah, all right. All right. Well, uh Matt, it was great talking to you. Good talking to you, Nick. And we'll see you next week in film.